We live in an ungodly world. There's just no other way to put it. Every time you look at the newspaper, there's another report of corruption, greed, inhumanity, and that's just on the front page. If you dare look inside, there are in-depth reports describing all the corruption, greed, and inhumanity. No wonder nobody takes the paper anymore. Unfortunately, ignoring it doesn't make it go away. The reality is we live in a world that is bent on ignoring God. So how do we as believers deal with that? How do we live a godly life in an ungodly world? Well, Samuel's life provides a wonderful example on exactly how to do that. Now, you'll remember Samuel's life up to this point. We've been looking at his life over the last several weeks. He was a miracle baby born to Hannah and Elkanah after she fervently prayed for a child. Part of her prayer was that she vowed to give that son over to God for his service. And as soon as he was old enough, Hannah took Samuel to serve with the priests of Israel. Each year she would return and bring a new coat to him to remind her of her love and her, his parents' faithfulness to him. And of the fact that he was an answer to prayer. Unfortunately, all was not well in the world of the priests. Eli, this was the same priest, if you'll remember several weeks back, that found Hannah praying. She uh, prayed for this son to be born. Samuel was given. She faithfully did as she had vowed to do. She gives Samuel over to Eli to serve with the priests and with Eli's sons. Now that's where the problem was. Eli's sons were out of control. They were skimming money from the sacrifices that had been brought to sacrifice to the Lord. They were sleeping with women who hung around the temple area. It was as bad as it possibly could be. And Eli seemed powerless to stop all of this. Now, how does Samuel deal with that? How does he deal with all this corruption and greed going on around him in a place that was supposed to be dedicated to worship? Well, here is what Samuel did. It's recorded in chapter 2, verse 26. And the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with men. That simple verse carries volumes of information for us to answer the question how we can live a godly life in an ungodly world. It's this simple, folks. Be faithful. Now that seems like oversimplified advice, but let's take a look at how that worked in Samuel's life and how it can work in ours. Now first of all, let's just be honest. The circumstances may be really tough. The situation from, for Samuel was pretty bad. It was bad for the nation of Israel. At this time in Israel's history, they had not yet built the temple in Jerusalem. That would come later. The primary location for worship 
was in the tent of meeting that had been set up in a town called Shiloh. It was a town that's located basically in the center of what was then the nation of Israel. The tent had first been set up there during the time of the conquest of the promised land back in Joshua chapter 18. And by the time of Samuel, this city had become a centralized place for worship for the nation of Israel. And that's why Hannah and Elkanah and and many, many others would make this annual pilgrimage to Shiloh to worship with their fellow countrymen. Now, unfortunately, sometimes those established practices, even when they're established for very good reason, they can become perverted. And that's what had happened by the time of Eli and his sons. Though Eli apparently remained faithful His sons had come completely off the rails. Here's the description in Samuel chapter 2, first in verse 12. Eli's sons were wicked men. They had no regard for the Lord. Now now remember, Eli's sons are priests. They're supposed to be serving the Lord. And that description says they were doing the exact opposite. They had no regard for the Lord. And then down in verse 22, now Eli was very old, heard about everything his sons were doing to all Israel, how they slept with the women who served at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Now, Eli tried to stop what was happening, but his warnings fell on deaf ears and things were about to come apart. Verse 23, so he said to them, why do you do such things? I hear from all the people about these wicked deeds of yours. No, my sons, it is not a good report that I hear spreading among the Lord's people. If a man sins against another man, God may mediate for him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? His sons, however, did not listen to their father's rebuke, for it was the Lord's will to put them to death. Not exactly what you would think would be happening when you would show up for worship. The priests were robbing people. They were committing all kinds of immorality with seeming impunity. They didn't care what their father said. But most devastating of all, they didn't care what God said. Now this was the environment where young Samuel found himself. You thought your school was tough. This was in a place that was supposed to be the exact opposite. It was supposed to be a place of worship. It was supposed to be a place where the Lord was lifted up and the moral wheels had come off. I had a Tonka truck growing up. I guess they still have Tonka trucks around, but they were heavily advertised back when I was was growing up as being virtually indestructible. And in the advertisements, you know, they'd run them over with cars and throw them off a cliff and still be rolling along, which made me want to destroy mine even more. I quickly learned why the advertisements had that qualifying word, virtually indestructible. There were things you could destruct on them, and I quickly found them. For one thing, the windows on my particular truck would not open which meant my plastic army men that I would stick inside of them to drive the truck would get really, really hot on summer days. So I I figured out a way to to break the window out of the truck so that now my army men that I had squished inside of my 
Tonka truck could perform their duties of, of hauling dirt and rocks around my backyard. Well, that grew old uh, pretty quickly, so uh, I had to figure out some way. They were army men after all, so, so surely they would be under attack. So I had to figure out a way to, to create an attack on my, my Tonka truck. And the, the truck survived all of that uh, fairly well with just a few minor dings. The army men, on the other hand, didn't do so well. Somehow it got too hot inside of the truck still, even with the windows broken out, and they kind of melted a little bit. So getting them out was a little more difficult than, than getting them in, so, so I had to break the door off too. Now, I replaced the driver then with some of my better fortified army men. And the dump truck began some underground duty because basically I buried it in the flower bed. I'm not sure why. There really wasn't a reason. I just wanted to see how deep I could bury it, which turned out to be pretty deep. Now, all those afternoons finally had to come to an end, and my buried Tonka truck was pretty dirty, so I figured I'd better not bring it inside. So I left it out in the backyard for seven years, <laughs> by which time I finally remembered where I buried it and, and, and dug it back up, and my truck had turned into a rusted hulk. That was basically the shape of the religious leadership in Israel. By the time of Samuel, they were a rusted hulk of what they were supposed to be. Things were out of hand. It was almost unrecognizable. Do you know that feeling? Does the school where you attend seem so far from Christ that it just seems beyond hope? Does the place where you go to work on Monday morning, the language and the activities that are going on there, do they just seem beyond any recognition of having any possibility of redemption. What should you do? You just give up? You just give in? That's not what Samuel did. Samuel chose to live for the Lord where the Lord had put him. Now remember the explanation of Samuel's situation, because sometimes we find ourselves in places where the Lord doesn't want us to be, and then we really do need to get out. But that wasn't the case for Samuel. Samuel knew he was right where God wanted him. He was an answer to prayer. His mother had followed a vow she had made to God to put him there. This was not a situation where Samuel was someplace that he was not supposed to be. He was right where God wanted him. Now, he was in what was supposed to be a sacred place that was anything but sacred. So how does Samuel choose to deal with that? Well, that's contained in the verse that we started out reading, verse 26. And the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with men. Now, notice that verse comes right after the verse that we just read a minute ago where Eli is telling his sons, what are you doing? You're sinning against the Lord. If you were just sinning against men, maybe I could pray for you. But I don't even know what to do when you're doing this to God. That's the verse that passed, that's the passage that comes just before the verse 26. And the boy Samuel continued to grow 
in stature and in favor with the Lord and with men. Now think about that for a minute. Let's reset the scene again. Samuel is at the temple in Shiloh. Eli's sons are running amok, basically doing whatever they want to do. Eli has become totally unable to control them or even slow them down. The temple, a place for worship, has become a place where people are regularly cheated out of the sacrifices they bring. Immorality is rampant and God is almost totally ignored. So what does Samuel do in this corrupt, terrible environment? He continues to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with men. In spite of how bad the situation was, Samuel chose not to allow his circumstances to determine how he would serve God. Even at a young age, Samuel made a decision. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are around me. I will be faithful. And despite the corruption, Samuel continued to grow in the Lord. Sometimes we forget the power of, of faithfulness. The power of simply making a decision that no matter what anybody else does, no matter what the circumstances around me might be, I will serve the Lord. We forget how powerful that is. Paul understood it. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4, verse 12, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether I am well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Now, Paul didn't write this while he was on a vacation on the beach. He wrote this while he was chained to a Roman Soldier in a Roman prison cell. But Paul refused to allow the circumstances of his life to dictate his actions or his attitude. He was an evangelist. He'd been arrested for telling people about Jesus. So what does he do in prison? He tells people about Jesus. Now, the only person available at the moment was the Roman soldier chained to him. But guess what? That soldier listened. And he didn't just listen. Here's how Paul describes it in verse 12 of Philippians chapter 1. Now, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Paul says, hey, I know I'm in prison. This is a tough situation. But you know what? I've learned how to be content whether I have a lot or whether I have a little. Right now, I'm on the little side of that spectrum. But it's okay. Because guess what? Because I am chained to this prison guard, 
24 hours a day, he hears about Jesus. And then he's gone back to his company of men and he's told them about Jesus. And they've gone to their homes and they've told their families about Jesus. Don't worry about me, Paul says. I'm doing just fine. Because I'm able to do what God's called me to do. I'm able to share Jesus. Folks, trials are going to come our way. Sometimes our circumstances are going to be good. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes we're going to be living in in environments that are very conducive to to worshiping God and, and praising Him. Sometimes we're going to be living in environments that seem to be totally 100% against that. Now, again, sometimes we find ourselves in those kind of environments and it's because we have made a bad choice. And God finally wakes us up and says, this is not where you need to be. And we need to get ourselves out of that. But sometimes we're going to school at, at the place where God's put us. And there's some not so good stuff going on in that school. Kids that are doing things they're not supposed to do. There's some language that we really don't appreciate hearing. There's even some teachers teaching some things that go against what God's Word says. What do we do? Be faithful. Be faithful. Grow in stature and in favor with God and with men. That's what Samuel did. He was in a place where people were doing all kinds of things they weren't supposed to be doing. He saw that every day. He saw Eli's sons doing what they were doing. He was right there with them. So what did he choose to do? Well, he could have chosen to just, well, this is how it works. I'm just going to do it. He could have fallen in with Eli's sons and just done exactly what they were doing and not given it a second thought. But he didn't. He knew it was wrong. So he didn't join in with them. He, he could have given up. He could have complained to God. Why have you put me here? And every time his parents would come to sacrifice, he'd be like the kid at summer camp. Oh, take me home. I don't like my bunk bed. There's bugs in the bathroom. I don't like it here. But that's not what he did. He made a decision to be Grow in stature, in favor with God and men. You may be in a work environment that isn't what you wish it would be. The people where you work may be less than godly or they may be downright godless. And again, sometimes God can work with that, through that situation and put you in a different place. And you need to pray through that and make sure you're where God wants you to be. Samuel no doubt understood that. He understood that he was right where God wanted him to be. If you come to that understanding that this is a tough environment, this is a difficult place, but this is exactly where God wants me to be because these people need Jesus. The reason they're doing the things that they do, the reasons they have the language that they have, the reason they're taking some of the actions that they're taking is because they don't know Jesus' love in their life. And God's placed me here just like he put Paul in that prison cell by that old, crusty, 
Roman soldier, you can imagine the language that guy would use. A soldier who wouldn't think twice to pull out his sword and just kill Saul and probably would have been rewarded for it. And yet Paul made a decision. He said, you know what? I'm going to tell this guy about Jesus. I'm just going to go talk about the love of Christ and the change Christ brought in my heart. Because I used to be just like this soldier. I used to be just like him. Now, I didn't use the language. I mean, I was a Pharisee. I acted like I was righteous, but I was doing the same thing. I was running around killing people because I didn't like what they were doing. I was just like him. And Paul came to realize this man is just where I was. He just needs to know the risen Christ. So I'm going to tell him about him. Don't allow your circumstance to determine how you live. Make a decision to be faithful. Heavenly Father, help us. This is a tough one because sometimes we're in very difficult situations. And first of all, God, we need your wisdom because there are situations that we just need to get out of. And Lord, you can help us know that. You, you can help us understand where there's a situation that we just, uh, like Joseph did, just need to you know, leave our cloak behind and just get out of there. There are times when we need to run, and, and, and you, you can help us understand that. But God, there's, there's also times when you've placed us in difficult circumstances, like you did in Samuel's life, like you did in Paul's life. There, there's times when we're in circumstances that are, that are hard because that's where you're needed the most. And so help us to see that, Lord. And in the circumstances that we face in life, don't, don't let us give up. Don't let us give in. Just help us be faithful. Help us to grow in our favor with you. Help us to continually be seeking you in prayer, continually be digging in your word to find your wisdom and your guidance. And help us to grow in favor with men, to share with the people that you have brought into our life, the extraordinary story of the gospel. God, help us to be faithful. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.